don't know what technically that was the best one you did that's what he's saying well let's Uh, let you want to hear it welcome to the a little off track podcast recorded on cherry street in galesburg illinois with your hosts eric hansen ted bevenauer and mandy balser joining us today is artist dusty scott an artist whose paintings can be admired and appreciated as you enter Galesburg, walk through the campus of Monmouth College, or enjoy lunch at many local restaurants. His work has been shipped to 27 different states, and he even has paintings hanging in Mexico. Join us as we go a little off track with painter, illustrator, and carpenter, Dusty Scott. Did you come from the work site? No, but I'm always almost working. Ready to go? <laughs> yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I am always like um, my wife laughs because you know she when she gets home, n- not immediately, but pretty close when she gets home, she's kind of like she uh, she's the associate vice president at uh, Carl Sandburg, so cool. she's always dressed up and everything, and so she gets home and she's always like you know it's like let's get in relaxing clothes yes. and comfortable clothes, comfy clothes. That's what yes. my wife calls them first and, thing in, right, the, in right. the door. Comfy clothes. And believe it or not, <laughs> this is my comfy clothes. That's like, as comfy as it gets. This is I I think she would if she was here she would be nodding her head at my statement of that. And then I think she would also further that and say that it is a very rare thing that I come out of our bedroom, like not like, like, you know, fully in work mode, like whatever. And yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like my, my thing. But also I think it's like after having several years now um, of just working all the time Mm -hmm. and having to budget that time, uh, you know, with my daughter and, and, and also, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, Autumn and I spend time together and, um, and then having a different, you know, a, another career outside of art. It's like, there's just, it's like if a 20 minutes presents themselves, then yeah. it's like, then I am maximizing that 20 minutes. That's you amazing. Know? And uh, see, you're one of those people. Because I'm napping. <laughs> like if 20 but minutes I see, presents I see the, itself, like I can get, I'm napping. Yeah. I, see, I see the value in that, though. I mean, I really do. Like, I, I you know, it's like typical of like how you're wired. Like, you kind of tend to admire like somebody else that maybe has different ways of like dealing with things or whatever. You know, like I got friends that are huge video game players and. I wish that, I mean, there's times that I was like, oh, I wish that would be, because I, I see what a what a huge, like... Because of, you can't sit and, and do that for that long period of time, or... Yeah, I mean, to me... Um, or you feel like you're being, like, oh, I could like be getting a lot of stuff done. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I, I don't want this to come across pretentious or anything, but, it, like, it's it's just that the way I'm always thinking is is in a... Like, what could I be doing? Like, what work could I be putting in? Like, yeah. what could I be that doing? That makes me feel lazy, Dusty. I'm not going <laughs> to well, I, I mean, the it, same thing. <laughs> it be, I think it, the, the only thing that I'll say about that, though, is, is that I, I think it is um, counterproductive at times in the sense that, um, you know, you can work yourself to a point where mm. you, you need those times sure. to... I, I mean, work out. I mean, I still go to the gym and stuff, and so that's, like, my huge, like... Like, matter of fact, if I'm going off the rails, like, normally Autumn will be like, I, I think you need to go to the gym, <laughs> like, you know, kind of thing. But, uh, but you know, I, I really, um, I think there is a huge value in, like, sort of the taking the maps and doing stuff. It's just not really how I'm wired, so I try to deal with that in a different way and try to get that out of other things. But, again, it's not... Um, I, I see complete value in that and complete, it just, that's gotta me, be the difference always... between working for yourself mm-hmm. and like having something that you go do eight hours a day 
And then you come home and you're like, oh, I'm going to try and find time for the things that I love mm-hmm. versus the thing that I love is the thing I that do. I get to do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I have to find that little bit of time to take a break from that thing that I love. Yeah. Right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, because, you know, like I, I started off my career in the fitness industry. So I, I have my master's in exercise science. So I was a personal trainer and fitness instructor and all this. And I really worked myself out of that that career. Like it ended up being a thing after five years, I was like, I can't see myself. I enjoy this for myself. I don't enjoy this to be doing this, like in this context, like when I'm 45 years old or when I'm 55 years old, it's like, this is not what I see. And and to that point, like where you kind of, you know, like you got to get out. I mean, it it can be kind of counterproductive sometime with that, but yeah. By the way, hey, there's there's water to the left of you. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. There's cookies downstairs. Can I get you some coffee? I'm good. I'm Do you good. notice right? how he's yeah, pointing at I'm you right. with his middle finger? <laughs> I've noticed Wait. as Eric gets older, yeah. it's all about this. It's all about <laughs> this. I'll get you something. Like, yeah. I'm at all times. We've got we've got a painter on a podcast today. Yay. Yeah, yeah. I woke up uh, this morning and in a panic going, oh, it's podcast day. I'm like... A painter's not going to bring a microphone. And at our, us starting now, I'll go ahead and say this. We're, I mean, microphones, good microphones for a podcast are not cheap, no. right? Yeah. So we've got one for each of us. And usually artists will, you know, musicians will bring one. I'm like, he's not going to bring a microphone. He's going to bring a paintbrush. <laughs> That's not going to plug in real well. Yeah. So thanks. You have to turn that up. A big last-minute thanks to Sir William Colvin at Laidback Manor oh, wait, Studios. For real, it's Sir William Colvin. Sir William Colvin. He's uh, the reason Dusty has a microphone awesome. today. So yeah. yeah. So if you're from Galesburg, Illinois, which we are, uh, music makers, uh, the top of the building has these murals. Of, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely four great. Panels. There's four. Very possible that you know Dusty Scott and don't even know him either uh, because you've seen his work, like driving absolutely. that uh, uh, that that route. Up through the, uh, if the you're going underpass. west on East Main Street, yes. just yeah. past the post office, just at Seminary Street, uh, you, you look, look up, up to your left. Yeah, absolutely. And there are four: Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. um, Ray Charles, Ray Charles. Yep. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> the bass player, Dreadlock, Jocko, guy. Jocko. Yes. Oh, okay. And then I was going to say who's the fourth? Bob Marley. Dusty, uh, no, it's not. No, Bob even Marley. Dusty's like, wait. Well, I, was I know. I got to think me. about it for. A ju- I was actually just thinking it as you were going through. I'm like, I G- know they're going to ask me something. I'm like, think about it for a minute. It's not uh, there's is it Janice. Uh, no, no there, there's. Uh, oh, um, buddy, uh, buddy Rich. Oh. Buddy Rich. Yes. The drummer. Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Yeah. Well, and they were all. Um, they were all Dave Punk's. Like this is. This was like his dream team kind of thing, and so that's had, his Mount Rushmore. Yes. I love yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, that, that was my awesome. not to put words in his mouth, but I, that was my impression as to this. Yeah, like you said, it was his Mount Rushmore. That's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. I got to give Dave a lot of credit because at the time I've done, I did those several years ago and, but still entrusting me, like this was going to be something that was going to be on the outside of the building yeah. And, yeah. and all of that. And, and so, yeah, I mean, and I think it's like any of us along the way, I would assume um, that, you know, you look back and it, it's those little things of like people trusting you or like, you know, sure. the, those little bits that have offered enough encouragement, you know, in a time that you're probably, you know, 
hyper insecure about what you're doing. Were but you like, then, you know, wow, I got to kill this. And, I, and, and what was the anxiety like on like from good to, to bad? Well, I mean, and those are big paintings. They're, like yeah. you see them yeah. from ground level and you're like, oh, not, that's not awesome. to assume that you get anxiety when a jo- big job comes oh, up. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Matter of fact, there's times I think like, but it helps sometimes. Is it part of it? Fuels oh, a hundred percent. I mean yeah. like absolutely. And, and I mean, there is times where I think, does this, am I getting paid enough for the sleep deprivation? <laughs> like for the, the How painting do you factor project. that in? Right, yeah. exactly. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm a firm believer that nerves is what keeps you sharp. You know, like, so, I mean, if you become too relaxed and complacent, then that's when, and I still freak out. Like I was doing a painting this morning and I was freaking out and I was, I mean, it's a, it's a regular and, and a lot of credit to my wife and, and my family for always being so encouraging, but, uh, you know, my wife is not only honest with me, like when I run paintings by her to say, mm-hmm. like, is this up to par with what mm-hmm. I do? Is this, does this look right? Is there anything? And I mean, uh, which was sketch in the beginning. Cause like, as she's like, well, I think you got this wrong. I'm like, what, what, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so like, but now we've worked it out to where it's like, she's completely comfortable with the, the hard critiques of what I do. And, but, uh, but still she knows that, you know, she has to put up with me being like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. And I mean, I yeah. still go through that ritual. I like, totally um, get that. Yeah. I mean, like just from the creation standpoint, mm-hmm. this morning, uh, I'm sitting around my house. I'm a ball of energy, you know, like yeah. about just, this. Yeah. Just waiting to come here to do this, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and you get here. We got coffee. Eric has candles. It smells There's good. Cookies. His wife made cookies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better environment to sit around. But just that, like, yeah. am I gonna am I gonna nail this? Yeah. You know, am I gonna do this thing with the gusto that it needs? Mm-hmm. And whether it's a painting, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a movie, whatever yeah. it be, well, there's, and, and I think there's that thing that keeps you sharp. You know, that the more nerves. I I mean, the more kind of nervous and on edge that I get with certain things, the the counter to that's the huge rush. Like when it comes, mm, I mean, yeah. and, and I mean, I think that's like, I would say like from a work standpoint, there's a, a little bit of an addiction on my part because of that like dopamine hit of sure. like when things, you know, like when, when you are all cranked up and you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know, like what's, you know, I haven't done this kind of painting for, you know, a month or two months or something. It's like, I don't even know, you know, and I'm, I'm picking things up and I'm fumbling through things. And it's like, how do I, what do I start with? What do I even do? Like, I've never done it before, even though I've gotten X amount, you know, 500 paintings done now. And I'm still, there's still moments where I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where do I start? Where do I start? And then when it all of a sudden comes together and typically in a painting, there, there, there are a few things where it becomes a teetering point where it crosses over and you're like, I got this. Like I and I that's not to imply that everything I think I do is like fantastic or anything, but to your skill set level of wherever that may be, there's a point where you're like, okay, like I, I got good. a handle on this. I, on I mean, this is yeah. this is this isn't going to be a complete disaster here. Mm-hmm. I can get this figured out. And then comes like and then when that final deal and you're putting your name on it or whatever, it's like just the it, Actually, it doesn't come then. It's it comes when the client is like gives you two thumbs up, and then you're like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. then you're just yeah. like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, but 
you know, the uh, the confidence is definitely uh, something that fluctuates. Thanks for listening to A Little Off Track. We hope you're enjoying our discussion with today's guest, artist Dusty Scott. And Jerry Seinfeld actually has a comedic, uh, I think, line about, he's like, you know, there was a study done and, and uh, you know, they were talking about who's, what the biggest fears are. And number one was public speaking and number yeah. two was death. And it's like, <laughs> and number two was death. And it's like, yeah. you're thinking about that. But I mean, it, whenever you're putting yourself <clears throat> out there, like in whatever it is, I mean, you're really subjecting yourself, especially when you're not putting yourself out there in a group and you're, mm. you know, in a, from a singular standpoint. Mm. I mean, there is that kind of nutty part to that where you're just like, you're, you know, whether people are saying anything directly to you or whether you're subjecting yourself to thinking that they are potentially critiquing this on their own time and whatnot. So and, vulnerable, but yeah. so brave. And yeah. I think that's what people love about art mm-hmm. is yeah. if somebody was brave enough to put this out there. Yeah. Right. And then we oh, all sure. like find this thing about it that resonates with us that we maybe wouldn't have been as brave to put out there. Yeah. And so I think when you do it, like whatever your medium is, uh, well, I shouldn't say this, this would imply that, you know, what everybody's, how all people operate and that that's not true. But I think I, I would say that there seems to be like a common, you know, thing amongst people that are putting themselves out there to have appreciation for other people that, you know, of what it takes to, even if somebody's putting something out there that's maybe not to your taste or to your whatever, I mean, it still takes something to really, especially when you see somebody that puts the work in. Like when I was listening to your guys' podcast with uh, Joe Stam, I mean, I just, like, I, I don't, I mean, I love a wide range of music, but I am far from anybody that can, but I do like to think that I can kind of recognize like craftsmanship and hard work. Mm. I mean, and so when I'm listening to him and I'm listening to whatever, it's like, I'm like, this is a person that's put the work in. Yeah. Well, like, and then the visceral results afterwards when Mandy's crying. Well, I did hear that too. Yeah. I vowed today to cry less. <laughs> right. So I'm not saying I won't. Okay. I don't know what you're going to say. Okay. But I, I'm going to try really hard not to be so emotional. Okay. So. Yeah. But that's the impact. That's the... Yeah. That's it was the, intense to, it, to yeah. be in here with him. Oh, I'm sure You know, was. I mean, there was just like this palpable energy of someone pouring their hard work I mean, he's written the lyrics, and it's like you feel that just as much as you stand in front of a piece of art. And, you know, if you're in an art museum, there's a reverence mm-hmm. to, like, walking piece to piece and going, like, whoa. whoa. Well, yeah. like, I don't know how how old Joe is because I, I know just a l- little bit about him. and, and, and uh, But, I mean, it's first from the podcast. 54. But, so, I mean, just no. the idea of, like. <laughs> <laughs> from Metamora, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, whether it be him or, I mean, like, when you just think of the time, you know, the time put in, you know, very seldom do you fall, you know, but backwards into good situations. I mean, you you normally are, you know, having to, I mean, the grind that it takes to get somewhere and then, uh, yeah, and then when you just can observe somebody, like, I have a friend of mine that's on Instagram and she, she does makeup professionally mm, cool. and it's like you know i don't know anything about makeup you know but when i see like her work i'm like that is just so good i mean there's just something about when you can recognize that somebody has just put this crazy amount of work in and it's like wow you know that's just fantastic i mean i'm always just super fascinated by that if you want to see a crazy amount of uh, great work dusty you can't see it you're not going to hear his paintings uh here in the the studio but if somebody meets you and they don't know you're a painter and you get a kinship and you say you are a painter how do you describe that to someone what kind of painter are you well it's always funny because it always seems like it comes off like really 
pretentious. Like, well, I'm an artist. I know. Why yeah. is you know, that and, the and case? I mean, and it, it, it's I don't know, but it's like such a weird thing. It's it's like promoting yourself. Like it's very counterintuitive to how we're taught to be. You know, typically, so like true. most people are taught to be modest. Don't talk yeah. about yourself. And if you dampen do, the ego, and yeah. And yeah. then there's a fine line between. You know, I, I tell my wife that you know, like confidence is like what we tell ourselves, and ego is what you tell other people. You know, mm. and so you're having to like work against that, like and 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 kind of override that system and be like because of the fact that like if you don't tell people, then people may never know, and you may not get to be able to share this thing. That you're passionate right. about but yeah it's it's um so typically what i uh i think i've gotten pretty decent at it to the point where uh although it still feels awkward to me at times like there's times where i can kind of just i i never give hard sales so i i'm never into like but i always just like to present people with an option to look and even when people inquire like they say well i'd like to hire you to do a commission you know like what her how do we go about this like, and if I get a price together for him, like, normally it's always with a, a tagline at the end, like, there's no pressure. Like, I don't expect people to know how much something costs. Like, it's normally uncharted territory. I'm not trying to give, you know, I want, like, this to be a good thing for them, and I want it to be a good thing for me, where we're both excited, and that we're both, you know, if, if there's any uneasiness in that, then it's not going to be good for me. And for the longest time, I could not bring myself to... uh call myself an artist like uh because that just seemed like it seemed so loaded like I had to defend this on like so many different levels and I just didn't feel prepared to to defend it you know yeah. I just thought like, why is that I, word that, uh, artist yeah. why is that uh um, you know that um what Eric when you and I first started working together and Eric had <clears throat> decades in the industry before <clears throat> me and it took me a very long time to be able to say the word broadcaster when mm-hmm. it came to <laughs> what you just I was get it out. Yeah. Because that wasn't me. That's not what, oh, wait, that's what we did. Yeah. You know, so I get that. There's an, uh, like an uneasiness. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to come off like this, but, mm-hmm. oh, this is what I do. But and artists, this is the talent that yeah. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get out there. And, and, and more so than broadcaster, artists seems to carry a little more uh, pretension. <laughs> you know, like you said, people. Yeah, and might I don't be- know if in the music industry, if somebody says I'm a musician, maybe it has the same kind of content. You know, I don't know like what level of, but. Again, like whatever your thing whatever is, whatever your art be, is, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Your yeah, thing I mean, is. even in the construction industry, like saying that I am, you know, that I'm like a carpenter, you know, it's like it's, it's like I think it's like you know, I think when you hold something, you know, maybe maybe this is it, maybe it's not, but like when you hold something in such a high regard, like as to what you know, you put something that. Of, of that nature of what you're aspiring to do. You feel on kind like of a you pedestal. need a body of work. Yeah, yeah. you feel like and, you need, and for you to be the one that's yeah. endorsing this and be like, yes, I am this, yeah. you know, compared to when somebody else says it, it's just, you know, it's more comforting to hear somebody else say it sometimes maybe than what, maybe, maybe not, but I mean, as far as it, it is a challenging thing. Um, for me, I think it was just eventually a breakdown to the point where it's just too hard to say this any other way. <laughs> yeah. So eventually it's like yeah. I submit, I'll just say that I'm an artist and then I'm a painter Look, or whatever. Look, here's my work. Right. Here's yeah. my work. You know, yeah. Well, no, no, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. So we've talked a little bit about the uh, murals. Where else might we find or be uh, able to Let see me tell you, work? in the bathrooms at La Cantonita, yeah. uh, probably 
Uh, oh, sh- that has to be the strangest <laughs> place. Eric to- told me about that. Listen, two, <laughs> like two days after Mandy had told me, oh, we got Dusty Scott on the show, I go with my wife. She was meeting some friends at La Cantina, and we're sitting there, and I'm telling her, I said, I said that painting right there, we're looking directly at I go, that's Josh Sixon. I think a little bit of it is Dusty Scott. And I said, outside, the big mural, I go, that's both of them. You know, they, they worked on that together. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit later, I, I take a trip, and I'm staying there and out of both eyes i'm like wait that's a dusty scott that's a dusty scott i'm like he's everywhere yeah. so you, you were like you were watching eric p in the bathroom <laughs> of go. la cantonita okay in spirit yeah <laughs> in spirit You're right do you have that a piece is... at craft as well uh, i don't have a piece of craft i did have a show at craft and then i have um where's uh, the lincoln so there's a couple of lincolns uh uh mark and jeanette klein bought a lincoln and they have one in their home and then they uh and then there's one that's in, um, or there's two Lincolns that are in Big Cats. Okay. And so, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so in uh, Big Cats, yeah, it's another, another place, place that yeah. has another. There's also, um, there's a veterinary clinic that has some of my work. Uh, there's or there's two veterinary clinics, one in Galesburg, one in Knoxville, that have some of my work. Uh, How about El Rancherito. Um, the ones that are in La Cantonita, like uh, Dixon and I worked on the mural together, but, uh, you know, Frida and Pancho Villo, those were mine independently. Wait a minute, and- wait a minute. Are you the men's restroom Dusty in uh, El Rancherito? No. Oh, okay. No. Because I always look that at that guy. That sounds sketch anyway, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> So, like but I number. am glad to tell you that both, no matter how you take that, the answer is no. Yeah, exactly. Not following that, that came out bad. We meant, there is, is one of your paintings there is a hanging? painting in the restroom of El Rancherito, and it's of uh, this guy who's passed out, I think passed out, behind the outhouse, and the wife who's like, where are you? Yeah, they had had some murals done, like, and, and there's but a place. But I swear it said Dusty. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Right. I got, they have Maybe purchased. it said Rusty. It's an imposter. I think they, <laughs> they have three paintings in there, but all of them are out, at, three or four paintings, and they're all out in the main deal. And then there's, um, uh, I you know, it's, it's terrible to, I mean, it's both good and bad. There's times, like, where... Um, I've been fortunate enough to have them in enough places now that a lot of times I'll forget. So there's places that I know that they're in, you know, like Monmouth College and various other places that I don't, I forget about them until mm-hmm. I go in there. I got Carl Sandburg College and, and some other. It's like, oh, wow. That's and then all of a sudden I walk in or like I'll get a random text message from somebody that's like, like in a place of business that'll have one of my paintings and they're like, you know, with the cheese kind of like with my name, which is super flattering and, yeah. and fantastic. And it's like when that happens, it's like a, um, you know, like kind of. It's like, oh yeah, you know, and and, and I, I think forgot uh, that yeah. was there. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> so, know. Yeah. So I, I suppose just like um doing audio production, which I've done for years, you kinda get into a groove and you kinda get uh into a trademark of sound of mm-hmm. what some sure. your stuff might sound like, right? How do you fall in cause your stuff there's there's wholesome stuff. Mm-hmm. There's there's sweet stuff. There's uh, stuff that looks very rock Edgy. and roll. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and takes an edge. 
Is that like, I'm not going to get stuck in this. I'm going to, I'm always challenging yourself. I'm so glad that you said that because um, you guys probably didn't get a chance to go to see my sh- my show with Stacey Lotes, but that show was like a real mix. I mean, I had mixed media, I had sculpture and I had paintings and all kinds of stuff in there. And it was a, it was an opportunity. It was a real kind of uh, crossroads. Like when it came to like with the show is like, okay, I can either go down this road where I can make a bunch of stuff that I think will sell, or I can have this opportunity to just make a stuff that's really relevant to me. And I, I opted to go to the really relevant and to my surprise it didn't a, a huge bulk of it ended up selling which was fantastic which was encouraging just in its own right mm-hmm. you know to think to taking that le- leap for anyone that that you could have that result but you know um i tried to apply a principle that my dad in the in the construction business has done where like one thing and i'm going to paraphrase like how go ahead and name drop he, your dad by the danny way danny scott builders and sons yes. danny scott yeah, yeah cool. and i work with my brother tj who's a fireman in town and uh we love tj uh, yeah he's fantastic remind so me of everybody TJ's loves story TJ. later by the way yeah all right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and i did buy joe stam's record for tj yes bro. Right. Right. talk about that too yeah, yeah, yeah. so but anyway um uh, but one thing that, you know, to paraphrase on what he said about construction over the years is that, uh, you know, essentially if you're going to be a frame carpenter, you know, and that's all you want to do or you only want to be a finished carpenter, then theoretically, you know, when that work dries up, like you don't have work. And mm-hmm. so if you just become like this one um, – so there's a couple ways. That's, so, so from, that's great yeah. though, So man. from a business yeah. standpoint, I think, you know, the more versatile you will be, then the slower one area gets, that means another area could pick up. But then – so there, there is that from the business perspective. Um, but then the other side is like from a creative perspective um, and, and just the feeling of outlet, I find it very hard um, to – you know, like, uh, like for instance, if if you're a country musician, and again, I don't know anything about music, but I would imagine, like, if you got like like a song that is blues, and you just want to put this blues song out, mm-hmm. like having to feel like that that uh, like the only thing that encompasses like what you're you know what you're feeling and what you want to do is only in this kind of one element, you know. Yeah. And and I think for some people that probably is the true. They they kind of hone that craft of that area, and then and then they feel that's this you know that they feel the most you know maybe control or, or creative quality in that. Mm. But for me. Um, I just try to, like, I'll do something for a little while, and then I'm like, I want to do something, I want to break out of this and do something else, and I want to do, so it's just kind of, it's like, it. and I think in order to do that, like for me personally, you have to also realize that there's going to be some things that you're going to be, like, much stronger in. Yeah. But if the thing that I want to do is in this other area, like, you know, I'm going to take the risk of not being as good at, you know, like maybe it's not up to part with, but it's because that's the way I feel like it needs to be made. Like it doesn't and work. And by branching me. out, you're not painting yourself into that corner. Yeah. You know? and, like, and this is the only thing intended. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Be brave enough to suck at something new. Celebrating local artists, featuring their talent and not taking anything too seriously. On the A Little Off Track podcast with Eric Hansen, Ted Bevenauer, and Mandy Balser. I don't know if you do it on all your paintings, but you like to go big, by the way. Oh, yeah. Your yeah. stuff, why is that? Why Is it because uh, of your building background with your father? And, and I don't know if it's so much that. The but, bigger, um, the better? Because you got some big stuff. If I do action-style painting, it is... 
it is such a rush. Like I to be like describe uh, what that means. What, what's uh, like style? so Jackson Pollock, like moving and grooving. Well, and... I, I call it like um, like for instance, if anybody's uh, been to La Cantonita, like my uh, Frida Kahlo there or um, Pancho Vio, uh, those are like my action style type deal where the brush strokes are kind of like a little bit they're less refined mm. they're more radical um the color choices are more radical like i'll assign like a color a temperature so to speak in the painting is your louis you know armstrong a, an action uh, kind yes. of an action yeah yeah, yeah. That, that would have been early seen status. that where is it I don't know. yeah it's on his website it's beautiful i don't yeah. know where it's at but it's uh yeah, it's um actually the president of monmouth college bought that wow. a cool story about that i walk in to meet um President Wyatt, Clarence Wyatt, first time, and I'm an alum of Mama, so I was back to do like a, a kind of a little show in, in Wallace Hall, and uh, I walk in there, and uh, Stacy Lotz is introducing us, and I brought like my two paintings, which one was uh, Albert Einstein, and the other one was uh, Louis Armstrong, and uh, you know, and super super nice guy, and he's like, oh, you know, what do you got here, and and. I wasn't, I didn't bring price tag. I didn't have any concept of what I was going to sell them for or anything like that. And he's like, and he sees the one and within like seconds, he's like, is that for sale? And I said, you know, everything's for sale. Do you like a shirt? And so all of a sudden I just was like, uh, you know, so I just came up with something on the spot and he said, I'll take it. And it was just like one of those sweet circumstances. Did you wish you had set a higher number? There are times in the past where that's happened. In that moment, it was just such a cool like thing yeah. to totally. have. Totally. I but bet your wife's the one that reminds you of that later. How much? Right, right. <laughs> you did what? Right. <laughs> there are moments where like, you know, you're in negotiations with somebody, uh, especially trying to get the tempo when they're from like a larger area mm-hmm. sometimes and you're trying to kind of... Um, you know, you know, you want to get the job, but you're also thinking about all the work involved and you're kind of, and there are those moments where when it's an effortless, yes, you're like, oh crap. (laughs) Like I could have maybe, could have, because not so much that you're trying to work them, but because of the time that you put in and and the stress, I mean, the, the, I just had a painting that is uh, on its way to Mexico right now. And it was a 40 by 50, which is an untraditional size canvas. And, um, and I only had one. And so these people were traveling to Mexico and I had to ship it to Texas so they could get it in Texas and then go to Mexico with it. And the reason why is you can ship UPS through Mexico to Mexico, but there could be some sketchy things that you, I mean, you don't, I mean, the rules aren't obviously like always like what they are here. So like going through customs and all that kind of stuff, sure. it can be tricky. So this is the way I actually broke the whole I actually took the canvas off the frame, rolled it up, repacked it, the, disassembled the frame, gave them wow. instructions Whoa. on how to reassemble it and the whole thing. So anyway, this is the second time we've done this. But um, but the stress of knowing that they're leaving by this certain point, and it's not – I don't want to imply that they're putting a lot of stress – it's stress I'm putting on myself yeah. to meet their deadline. This was know. a case where you weren't there when, when the client saw the painting for the first time. You weren't there. No, uh, I mean, well, like I won't be there. Like matter of fact, they sent me one that I did. The first one I did for him. What was so great is like I'm on a job site, like working with my dad and my brother, and I'm getting a phone call, and they're in Tulum, Mexico, and they're like, "Hey, we got a question about something," and they're like assembling like my painting in oh Tulum, which is like such a weird, 
you know, and again, you know, I've had really cool experiences where, you know, my sh- paintings have shipped to 27 states now. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a lot of neat things like that, but that was one where it's like, here I'm on probably like scaffolding or a ladder and I'm talking to somebody <laughs> in like beautiful, you know, like this beautiful yeah. like, exotic place cool. kind of thing or whatever. A reminder of the other part, other part of your life. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, so yeah. And, uh, but the, you know, the pressure to, to like, okay, if I don't get this right, if, if something's not right about mm-hmm. this and I have to go to Blick to order another canvas, it, it could, I mean, they're normally pretty fast in pulling, but if they don't have it because it's not a regular canvas and it's like, well, that'll be three weeks. It's like, I'm going to blow that deadline. So it's like, this is like a one, I mean, or, you know, if you have really invested, like if you've, into, if you've actually constructed a canvas like yourself, uh, like, you know, with what I did with the music makers and I, I'm got some, uh, I'm doing some paintings for, um, Knoxville Fire Department and so I'm building those canvases now and so some of that customization that if you don't get it right then all your labor Mm. that went into constructing those things like ends up being so you know it's it's yeah it's it's suspenseful so when it comes to like the payment factor of it like you know when I said I think early on about you know does this compensate for the sleepless nights you know like of like sitting there thinking you know and then being in the groove of some of those things like you know, the last one I did that did go to Mexico, I was talking to my wife, which is fantastic about this, but I was like, I got to get, you know, there's certain kinds of paintings that I have to kind of get in a, like a zone mm-hmm. with. And, uh, you know, I kind of have to, and, and that's far better done when no one else is probably around or, um, just so that way I can How do you kind do of that? Really f- focus in that stuff, you know? Do you have like a process? Like, do you um, meditate? I, what does that look like? I do meditate, but I mean, I, as far as, but that's not typically before, I mean, rarely is it a before painting unless sometimes I'll do that. Like, because I see you coming in, the doors opening, coming out. Yeah. Big right. standing like, up. Smoke is there coming music? Out. Right, right. Like, what music is? starts playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's um, a lot of times it's, it's music. And what I'll do is I'll start to get out or first in prep, I'll pick out my palette. So I'll start pulling out all these paints and kind of surround the area and kind of get the work area set up. You know, if it's an action style painting, I'll lay a drop cloth down because, you know, to try to contain the mess. to get messy. Right, exactly. (laughs) And then um, I'll start to, uh, I'll start laying out books like of things that I like of all different kinds of paintings. You know, there might be, there could be six or seven different books out, like flipped open to certain pages, dog-eared to other ones, you know, where I'm, I'm, I'm like referencing like, uh, you know, how these colors are working together and how I, I like this that one when and you that said one. that earlier, the temperature. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you painting. to go back yeah. to that, the temperature yeah. of a paint. Because I, I can totally feel that, you know, like if it's, does this one make me feel cold and blue or is this warm and bright or. Yeah, I mean, it's almost kind of like the, you know, like the Picasso's blue period or whatever, you yeah. know, like you're trying to kind of get like what what is wanting to and a lot of times when I do like portraits like you know uh, like for instance this one that went to Mexico it's uh, about Alma Reed and so the lady commissioned this but she I, I researched about the lady and what what the and then painted accordingly to that like again the temperature but also assigning colors like in that palette like ahead of time to like what's what's going to be like my medium kind of hue color you know like what what colors are going to be in the mid-range what colors are going to be the darkest darks which might be navy blue as opposed to black or or mm-hmm. there might be something or a dark purple or whatever mm-hmm. that i might assign a certain so you kind plot of thing. that out before you even go in yeah sometimes it changes on the fly mm-hmm. like and and that's another thing is just wanting to like go with your instinctual feel i find that that's what's really tough sometimes is like when really 
when sometimes people want to hire you and they kind of really want to be the brush and they mm. or they want you to be the brush, that but they want to be, tough. be yeah. that can be really tough. But I mean, what's what's best is when somebody kind of gives you a general idea and then they just turn you loose and say, do whatever you think is best. What are you listen. listening to? Are you? Uh, so I listen to all kinds of music, but when I do those kind of paintings, I listen to, um, I'm not Irish, but I listen to like Irish Celtic music, sure. like, cool. like fast paced, fast tempo. Yeah. Um, there's something kind of like the, yeah, it's, 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 and I always think it's funny. Cause like when I'm at the gym, I always think there's probably, and this is pretentious cause this would imply that anybody would even be paying attention to me and even wondering <laughs> what I would. No, everybody whatever. watches everybody right, right, at the right, gym, right. man. For a fly <laughs> on the wall, are you right. active or are you, is it funny to watch Dusty Scott paint? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, but I always think like when I'm at the gym, like nobody probably would imagine what's in my headphones right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like I'll get on like a big band kick and I'll just be listening to big band music or I'll be listening to like just whatever. I mean, like anything or it's podcasts or most of the time if I listen to audiobooks, it's something on philosophy or it's something on, um, you know, psychology or something like that. And so I always think that, uh, you know, sometimes like, um, you know, being a kind of chameleon like that way, I guess, with what your interests are. But, you know, so why the Irish thing? It just ended up being like, I think one time I was just on this kick of like listening to that style of music and I happened to be wanting, doing one of those paintings and now it's just my thing. That like when I, <laughs> yeah. when I do it those, works, yeah. it's just like that's kind of like, you know, like a, a, a switch, you know, turns on to where I start to kind of, but when you get that, tempo then then it becomes like a tempo pace thing where it's no longer um like methodically like um slowly going over things with brush strokes it's like rapidly working and that's why sometimes it's best if no one's around because not because they're i couldn't stand to have somebody watch me but you can't interrupt the tempo because so this isn't a happy tree this is a no underwear under the kilt sort of painting <laughs> right right yes. there you go yeah tell um, us about the the work philosophy that you have though you just i've been at many events uh where i've these huge works are there and i recognize them i find out okay it's another dusty scott uh, a painting mm-hmm. that uh, has been donated Forty thousand. That that's the number right yeah it's a little over forty forty thousand dollars worth of already that has been donated no Charitable. shit yeah. are you yeah. kidding me yeah, yeah. wow yeah. to help that's people in, di- in different avenues yeah mainly locally i mean yeah. there's been a few things that have gone to like Easter Steels, there was a person that took a painting of mine down to um, Wounded Warriors, I believe, down in like a f- event they had in Florida, and they they auctioned it off there, which I'm sure like in the slew of whatever, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a, a newspaper worthy kind of like sale, but I mean, yeah, it's just but, does but doing that that work does that help Dusty Scott get out of his own head? Like, it's not all always about me. Well, I can I can bring I can lift someone up with what I do. Sure, you know, I think like. You know, despite the fact that in this world, like currently, you know, we we seem to a lot of times feel like we're we're at real with odds with with different people that have different viewpoints. But generally, at the core of it, I don't think we're all that much different. You know, like in in a lot of different. I mean, that's my personal belief. And and so I think that there's um, you know a general compassion that you have for a fellow human being that is under you know uh, dire straits for whatever it might be or. Um, or where it's an organization, like for instance, like the YMCA, or tell us about uh, a big work that meant a lot to you that 
that raised some big cash and really helped out a group or, or uh, you know, I had, um, I'll tell you like, uh, people locally that would know, um, I've known Brad Davis for a long time. He was, he was a few years ahead of me. Uh, he works on the railroad, but he, you know, play high school baseball and I would have been probably, I don't know how many years older than Brad is than me, but I don't even know if he was in the high school by the time I was there, but he was, he lived, uh, in one of my buddy's neighborhoods and always super cool guy, super nice. He could have always taken a route that he could have been not a nice guy, but he was, you know, like because he was bigger and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Super nice guy. But anyway, fast forward years later, we're still friends enough, like not close friends, but enough to say hello and how's it going and remembering each other. And unfortunately, his son, um, Benton Davis, had ended up getting cancer and I'd heard about it. And, um, you know, I didn't know, you know, like typical, like even to this day, I don't want to give the... I don't want to assume that somebody wants something of mine. It's like you offer it and say, sure. you know, like, would you like me to do this? And and unfortunately, because of my daughter now, I can't do this as much as what I used to just sure. being so busy. But at that time, uh, my daughter wasn't born yet. And so I reached out to them and they agreed. Or, I mean, they said, yeah, absolutely. So I, I did this painting and went there and I actually brought five. They didn't know what you were going to do. No, uh, I think I may have told them. But I brought five hundred dollars in my own pocket, like, and I thought, if this doesn't sell for five hundred bucks, I'm just gonna buy it back, and I'll just mm-hmm. donate the money or whatever. And um, so uh, we're there, and like, all of a sudden, like, it's just like, boom, 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 and all of a sudden, it hits a thousand, like, right, like, almost right out of the gate, you know, like, not not right out of the gate, but like, it pretty quickly, and then then it Did was. Did you make 2, an 000. audible phew? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and then it was two thousand, and then it got to three thousand, wow. and then it was four thousand, and then it worked its way up to, uh, like I think it was in the end, it was either four thousand two hundred, four thousand five hundred, and and that was just such a and and at that time, you know, I think my some of my family was there, and it was an emotional, like it was emotional for my family because I think it was also like one of those first times that somebody witnesses something you you are doing and and realizes that maybe this is like. This is bigger than Legit. What, like yeah. you know, like what you know, and so that'll always the impact. Out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, ironically, you know, I always knew Dusty liked to do his little paintings, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. what is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I but you know, like every time I've had a really cool thing like that happen, you know, um, I've always thought to myself like you know, okay, after this event, I'm, I'm going to take five. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to like take a break or I'm going to take a day off. I have on here that you wanted to take a nap as a reward. And I thought that was just the sweetest thing <laughs> yeah. that like you worked so hard and you were going to take a nap, but then you didn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was like my work at Monmouth College. I was so nervous about that work because they were going to have an unveiling. Nobody had seen my work except for the president asked, uh, President Wyatt asked to see it. Like literally like the day before, I think he, I'm sure, I mean, he never said this, but I'm sure it's like to make sure that I wasn't putting stick figures up. (laughs) But anyway. I was thinking penises, but okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) So to verify there's no penises hidden in those. (laughs) Stick figures with penises. Right, right. If you see penises, you might have something else going on. Right, that's that's all on you. That's not on me. Right. (laughs) So, but anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, but then when I've had cool things like that happen, like when they're over, I, it always is in my head that I'm afraid, like, don't yeah. let that be the top of the mountain. Like, right. get back, you know, and start climbing again. Figure out what the next thing is or whatever. And not not just in trying to get high-dollar charity amount prices or no, whatever. No, that's just but I mean, to push just, yourself. But just yeah. the idea of, like, 
you know, get back out there and don't let this be the, the last of, of the situations where, you, you know, 20 years from now you're talking about, well, there was this one time. It's like, I want a lot of times of, what, of different yeah. various other things. What's competition for a painter, a Dusty Scott, a, a, your last painting? That's the only competition, right? Yeah. You know, some people I think probably, um, I had made a little bit of reference to the one that you were maybe listening or when I had met at the other podcast thing that I did, but, um, you know, like there was an internal thing that happened to me. Uh, and I remember this pretty vividly in, in like second or third grade where there was an awards assembly at Nielsen school. And I, and I didn't get any awards. Like, and I remember like there was one of my friends was just killing it on the words. Like she was going up and she was just getting all these like laminated pieces of paper and she was like killing social studies, <laughs> killing this. And then she got the most pull-ups. And I'm like, damn. You know, like, and I, and I vividly, I really do remember this thinking like, I want those, I want awards and mm. I want, and, and not, not just like, and it wasn't to be competitive with her. And, and I'm kind of reiterating this is what I've said before. It wasn't to be competitive with her. It, it was a self-competitive thing yeah. that really kind of clicked at that time. And and so in the, in the pursuit of that, then, uh, you know, like as a, luckily that in the next year, I, I was the one getting the paper laminate pieces of work, not, not like boxing out. I mean, they didn't give just one out, you know, so it wasn't like I boxed out other people and was, but it, there became a self-competitive nature with that. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes what's tricky is like when you do get into the arts, whether it's, I'm sure it's this way with music, or whatever, there can be a lot of, you know, there can be people that tend to start fighting against them themselves, even though like we're all just trying to get out there and make it, you know, but for me, it's, it's really, it's all internal pressure of just trying to you know, and I attribute this not just into my art, but also as a person, like, and I think that's why my interest is in, like, you know, reading about philosophy and reading about different things to, it's it's always like, what can I do to to try to be better? Grow. Like, uh, grow. Yeah, yeah, that would be a better thing. And, you know, like, one of my idols growing up was um, was Bruce Lee, and he, and he was a philosophy major, actually, in college. And, uh, but, you know, like, in all his writings, he never wrote any, or I mean, in all his notes, he never wanted to write a book. And, and, and if there's a historian out there, they may correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, but I'm pretty sure that because he never wanted to write anything down as a doctrine for people to think that this is how, because he looked at himself as ever evolving oh, wow. kind of thing. And so I, I think of that and, uh, you know, in that, whether it be with art or whether it be with me personally, like, um, you know, you're just trying to, like, we're all trying to figure things out like all the time. And, and, and the way we feel about something today, like if I can learn something new that might, you know, that might make either clarify that thought and or maybe change that thought, you know, later on. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, a lot of self-competitive element. There's not a lot of work that you can do um, in life. And a lot of us want to leave a mark, right? We, sure. we do that with the, Ooh, the ones that, yeah. that, are, that are left. Um, with music and books and paintings, that's got to be important to you. It's so ironic you say that. That's my romanticized view is that I've done like, you know, f- over 500 and some projects now, paintings and various other kind of pieces of art. Yeah. And my hope is is that, you know, something will live beyond my time here. You know, yeah. like, I mean, that out of all those, some of them will meet their demise in a moldy basement or they'll, you know, I mean, there'll be those, or something doesn't match the couch or something anymore. So it'll, it'll find its way out or whatever. But, um, but you know, the idea, there's a romanticized idea that like, what if out of all those things, like a hundred years from now, like, 
there's one of those or a couple of those that are just still floating around where and the weird thing is is not that even anybody would know who the hell I was, you know, kind of thing like who the name was, but just the idea to think that what if I made something that somebody still saw saw some sort of value in. The story lives on, you yeah. know. I mean yeah. you've put something in a place where like it may be tattered because of elements, but like that story has something that these people are going to be able to talk about. No one's ever letting that Louis Armstrong go to a basement and get dusty. No. It's not going to happen. No it's well, not going to happen. I think when I do even the paintings for like people that are on a more personal level, you know, there's part of me that sometimes thinks that, you know, if this is hanging in somebody's grandmother's house or somebody that maybe is not a grandmother yet, but eventually will be or a grandpa. And like if their grandkids like go over there and they're like, oh, I always remember this painting right. at, at grandma's house or grandpa's house. And so in like the natural course of life as, as it goes, that there's a time where those things get dispersed out to family and loved ones and thinking, you know, like, again, like how flattering would it be? And of course, it'll be something that I'd likely never know unless they ever <laughs> reach out to me. But it's just a, again, a romanticized idea of, of the, you know, of the, you know, the romantic nature of thinking that that could, like somebody picking that out as one of those items and then having it then technically could have a longevity of another 40 years or something in somebody else's, you know, home being protected. Or- oh, dude, I totally get it. My dad is a woodworker, mm-hmm. uh, creates beautiful furniture, beautiful furniture. And if you were to go over to my parents' house, on the back of everything are initials yeah. of who gets it when they die. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like... I because I live in town have more initials on the back you of just go some of the projects. Sneak over yeah, when no one's home. Like TB, <laughs> but those are things that are going to live on, yeah. just exactly yeah. like that. Like they yeah. will come to my house. My daughter will inherit those things. Uh, he built this bed out of a tree that he used to swing in oh, when he wow. was a kid cool. for my daughter. And that thing will live through generations. These beautiful pieces of art, whatever the medium, you know, like for him, it's wood for you, it's paint or multimedia. Uh, For us, it's something different, but they will live through generations. And I am totally, I'm in love with that idea of knowing that this thing that you create will go beyond where we are right now on this earth. Like our, a little off track logo, Josh Dixon hooked us up with his mad graphic design skills. Put him on your next project and see his work at joshuadixonart.com. We hope you're enjoying our discussion with today's guest, artist Dusty Scott. One person I don't get to cite enough um, in terms of like her health, help and support is like my mom, you know, Virgie Scott Shimon is her name. But she, you know, like to think of like how many paintings that like while my wife's at work, she's helping watch my daughter, but she might be in the present of like me doing this painting. And so then eventually this painting Mm. like you know, goes out, but it's, it's not just at the work of my hand. It's the work of like, you know, my mom helping us out or my wife helping me out or whatever. And so like whatever it took to kind of create whatever it is that somebody finds value in, is that really at the hand of like multiple people that were kind of involved in, in helping this thing. And so then it becomes like, although they maybe didn't put brush to canvas or maybe don't really have any creative endeavors in that way, but they made it possible for you. Possible for me to do it, and then in, in a relaxed form that maybe allowed me to do a better job or something, and that somebody then values. And so, you know, um, and then I think that you know the idea that like in that future, which I always feel this way when I stand in front of like a Van Gogh 
painting or something, I think he stood right here, sure. like right here. Like as I'm standing here, you know, it's like you almost like want to put your hand up, like like sure. you're the one painting to almost like kind of step into that kind of thing. But in the same context, it's like my daughter, this painting that might survive would be the painting my daughter's ran by 15 different times or maybe came up and pointed something out to me, which she does too for me, like something I'm not getting right or whatever, you know, or my mom <laughs> came out. And it's like, so this thing that we were all around, my family was all around, you know, the idea that, and again, it, it's it's one of those things like nobody's there to verify it, but it, it's the idea that, you know, I think a lot of our mission is to do something here to sustain our, to say that we were here, whether it's mm. the procreate or whether it's to make something or do something in a craft or have friendships and do something, make some sort of impact, you know, donate and do whatever. And, and yeah, so, I mean, it's, you hit the nail on the head with that. Daily on the, uh, on the job site, uh, dad's guidance, was that, uh, uh, is that in your work too? As now? far as I, in the, you know, on the, I would say, you know, what dad instilled for sure is the craftsmanship factor. Yeah. It's like, I am, uh, I do a lot of our finish work. Um, TJ does, he does a fantastic job on the finish work of the drywall and stuff like that, that we do. But, and dad kind of is all around, you know, doing different things, but you know, um, my emphasis on details is, is probably been instilled in me from like the carpentry early on to the, to the details of, of like, uh, you know, art. And then also the methodical nature of like how you go about like even doing a job or doing, you know, whether it's in construction or whatever, you know, that process that you can't deviate from in order to, to get the quality out of something that you want, you know, don't cut corners, you know, don't skip over things, you know, um, you know, put the work in to do a good job. So that way, you know, and then in doing so, you know, that will generate a reputation, hopefully that you care and love what you do. So, and yeah. I listened to uh, the other podcast that you've yeah. done, just the two, are we number? Yeah. Two? Okay. Yeah, number two. Um, just to get, you know, up to speed with um, some of the things that you've done and um, in that you talked about how you were commissioned to do a piece for a woman who was actually in hospice yes and she wanted a picture well it was the her niece who commissioned you is that right yes yeah she, the woman in hospice wanted a picture of herself in her backyard which mm-hmm. was like just her, of actually her backyard oh yeah. just her backyard yeah. okay but she couldn't go there because she was on hospice so that's what you did but and which is so cool. And oh, I, I love that, you know, what a meaningful thing to give to someone. But in that discussion, you said that your happy place is in your studio and your daughter's nearby and maybe your wife is in the next room. Um, I got goosebumps right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I thought it was just such a powerful visual. And then I wondered if you had ever painted a picture of yourself painting, if that is something like you might do down the road and and if it would be that that image i've thought about it before because but again like i think in in, uh, i did a painting in my senior show at monmouth where i was um because i was into um you know i was obviously into uh, physical fitness like i'd said earlier and so i painted myself um like as on the treadmill no, (laughs) as if i was like an anatomy drawing like so like i was actually all in red as if it was muscle tissue. Nice. And then I was cool. actually like, as if I was like, and I was painting like my forearm, like with the other hand, like as if I was like painting the muscle strands kind I of love thing. love that. And um, I look back at the quality. And then in the back, I had like this checkered board and on each checkered, on each wall, there was like a, 
kind of like all these walls up like galleries and stuff and 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 each wall had a representation there was like a da vinci style engineering thing because that's something that i do a lot for us at work like i've always enjoyed like engineering kind of stuff although i don't have an engineering background it's just i'm very much of a doc brown doc brown kind of garage like build your delorean kind of guy nice. not not one that has like an actual education in in the in the all that in physics and whatnot but anyway um but in that painting, it had all these different things that I was interested in. There was something that resembled like a weightlifting equipment, and there was something that. And then in the clouds, there was like beer bottles and naked ladies. Because <laughs> at the time, like when I was in college, I was like, "What?" I looked like I was when I painted it. I looked like I was looking up at the sky, and I thought, "What could be distracting me in the sky from all these other things?" And so that's the funny. only thing. I, but anyway, um, so there has been an idea that I'd like to paint like a more mature. Of, yeah. uh, maybe not not that exact same painting but something in that way um, like there's a fantastic um, oh my gosh I was just thinking uh, he did the Saturday Evening Post um, uh, Rockwell Rockwell yes, yeah. sorry. Rockwell. and um, you know he had done one where uh, he had you know like yeah. painted himself like painting himself and, and like I had done a similar painting um of that for a, a a person that was the president of the World Clown Association, where Wait, he had actually the World Clown Association, yes, which is actually a bigger deal than you would ever think. Uh, really? He actually is, uh, he but we don't in, talk about it. Yeah, yeah. he he's uh, like, especially in other countries, it's like they get government funding for this whole wow. thing. I mean, it's like a big deal. Everybody usually Take knows your that clowns as the, the WCO. Yeah, the they, WCO. It's like crazy, crazy. <laughs> and it was uh, it was him. Um, uh, and I, I painted, or uh, I painted him like looking at a mirror, painting himself like That's on the great. canvas cool. from the backside. And then I paid homage to uh, Rockwell in it. And then there was also one that was done of, uh, um, oh gosh, there's a real famous clown that everybody would know. If Bozo. You saw Bozo. No, the sag, sag clown. <laughs> I said that it's like, yeah, uh, the sag. Oh yeah. I, I want to yeah. say it's Emmett something, but or I might be wrong. But anyway, um, uh, but anyway, I, so I paid homage to that too because it was. You know, these are things that I kind of piggybacked off of to do that. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's a long drawn out thing to what you asked. But I would like to, I mean, I think it would be fun to do. I think also there's some times where uh, maybe what prevents me, one is time, but two is uh, how it would be viewed of me painting myself like as far as like to I mean for my daughter I think it would be like something maybe fun for her later but like everybody's like oh great now he's he's really full of himself now now he feels like he needs to paint himself so you brought up Da Vinci what is your Mona Lisa do you have like a piece that that you go back did you yeah I painted a 9 foot by 12 foot uh, on drop cloth of Mona Lisa and spray paint that's pretty great if you got a space and you want big Dusty Scott is your guy, and then you're gonna That's see the work. That's what I'm work. saying. We yeah. gotta get we gotta get our bosses to right. have him do the hangar doors. Well, man. when we're done here, I'm actually gonna see if you can come to the Knoxville Community Fund meeting um, because we're looking to do some art in Knoxville and you know awesome. out outdoor kind of stuff. Yeah. And of course, your name came Hello. up because who awesome. else? Thanks. If you want to see examples of both things he's talking about, DustyScottArt.com uh, to see all of his stuff to see that collaborative effort of uh, he and his family. Uh, you just got to drive, if you happen to be in Galesburg, 968, 968 North Broad, North Broad Street. Yeah. Yes, Dad just sold that house. That, that was the three of you working on that for many years. Yeah, yeah. That was um, one of those projects that uh, what was so cool is uh, it, it's kind of like uh, it was, you know, a, a huge, you know, passion project for Dad. But it ended up being one of those things like once in a lifetime to take to live in a community like what we live and to take an older home like that and really 
like go through and and really kind of like make it make the old modern I mean like make it modernized but keep the old character of it all and be able to So was this a home that it. you bought that was like that dilapidated and then yeah. you guys like brought it back? Yeah, dad I think had it for like 12 years so like when work would get slow we'd work on it a little bit and then he lived in it for a few years and just recently sold it. We actually found I was actually sitting at the dentist office and I found an old black and white photo in the Andrea Vitali had put that book oh, together. Yes, for the, and I just book. happened to be thumbing through and I send a text to my dad and I was like, hey, this is the house. And he just sends me back, oh, yeah. And I thought, well, <laughs> hell, he, I guess he doesn't care. And then typical of a father's fashion where he's not really paying attention to what mm-hmm. he says. All of a sudden, like a couple hours later, it's like, holy shit, that's the house. That's, <laughs> that's, what, I, that's what I said. Thanks for listening to A Little Off Track. We hope you're enjoying our discussion with today's guest, Dusty Scott. Whatever you're doing, we want you to keep on creating. We're, oh, thanks we're so much. So glad to have you as a treasure here in uh, Galesburg. We do this before we leave, by the way. Uh, uh, something we've uh, seen, heard, or uh, maybe read that we want other people to know about. Um, so think about that, Dusty. I'm okay. going to start with uh, Mandy. Because I've been wanting to hear about your trip to, yeah. uh, uh, to see Miranda Lambert. In- Anything you want, but we yes. want this. I know. I got <laughs> It's like, this is what I want you to say. And I was like, okay, which is fine because it was an amazing experience. Yeah, so. and she's like your number one, and, and I hadn't got to hear about yeah, the Yeah, so and- for my 40th birthday, my husband decided to send me and my sister, Becky, to see Miranda's residency tour at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. Um, And here's the thing. Like, I have gone to every Miranda show around here, Pistol Annie's, you know, if she's like, anywhere I can get to, I'll go. Yeah. Um, so when he came to, to ask me, he's like, do you want to go to Vegas and see Miranda? I was like, shut up. Like, I didn't think he was serious. And he's like, if anyone deserves to see her residency tour, it's you. Like you've been at all these shows. Like you can't miss this one. And I'm like, well, I can't argue with that. (laughs) I feel like I do really love her the most. So, um, we got to go and it was, we stayed at planet Hollywood. So we got to just walk downstairs and of course, you know, it's Vegas. So every, it's like glamour on steroids yeah um but she she was amazing she wore this jacket this is a story i wanted to tell you before and i was like nope i'm not gonna spoil it she wore this jacket and there was like little fireworks out of the sleeves so she comes out and you know she's just so badass and she just is like zero fucks given right yeah (laughs) she's just gonna like kill it so she's in this cool jacket and she's got her matching boots and it's rhinestone everything Somewhere Elvis was like rolling over in his grave because he just got out did, right? <laughs> and so she like puts her arms out and she does that thing where she stomps and twirls at the same time. Yeah. You know the move. And then her sleeves light up, fire on both sides, and she's like a twirling little drumstick of fireworks. It was magnificent. Hmm. I was drinking my $25. My $25 strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> it was like six ounces because it's Vegas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very cool. I've had That's some awesome. of the greatest times in my life uh, at concerts, especially uh, artists that are meaningful. So I knew that was meaningful to you. So I wanted to know. Yeah, That's and awesome. to see her with my sister, and you know, we were like laughing and crying because I'm a crier, and um, and, and per- just the, pretty the intimate of Vegas. Pretty, I've never been pretty so. intimate, or was it huge? It or, was yeah. no, it was a smaller theater. I mean, yeah. I would liken it. To made, maybe like an Adler yeah. size wise, um, but just like the energy was, I mean, everyone there loved her and you could just feel that. Um, and the things that they did on stage with when she sang Bluebird, it was like all of these bird cages 
But I mean, they weren't actual bird cages, but somehow with lighting, you know, I don't know how they make magic happen these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was very very cool. So That's we had a great awesome. time. She played but, for a couple hours. Um. Yeah, she played for about two and a half hours. Yeah. Um. But one of my favorite things about going to Vegas was the 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 day before we left, we went on a kayak. Um. We each got a kayak, and it was like a guided tour up the Arizona River. Mm. To it was called the Emerald Cave. Oh. Um. And I've never I had never kayaked before by myself. It was a long freaking haul, you guys. <laughs> oh boy. I was like, um Did you have like a um a, a, a like an inflated tire with a cooler full of beer in it? No, but I did have um like a lot of beef jerky oh. and other snacks <laughs> and the tour guide kept teasing me. He's like, "You're eating again." I'm like, "This is hard work." <laughs> I need snacks. They do flow down sir. the river in Arizona with the inner tubes tied together and they yes, build, they, they build these pyramid uh, uh, plywood uh, radio subwoofer speaker systems that float it's down with them. pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> Ours was more chill than that, but Miranda was off the chain, so. That's so great. That is mine. Oh, uh, nice. Thanks so much. How about you, Theodore? Uh, so mine is uh, a little nostalgia mixed with a little future. Yeah. Uh, the other day... Um, I have way too many t-shirts, like way too many t-shirts. And my wife has been on me um, to get rid of the ones that I don't wear. And I'm like, yeah, I know that I haven't worn that in three years, but yeah, I might someday. Yeah, and yeah. she keeps like threatening me with like, oh, I'm going to make a quilt out of those. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, then. So anyway, uh, not too long ago, I went through all of my t-shirts and I got rid of all of the bullshit. Um, but I came across one and it was from Pearl Jam in Moline, the show that you and Stone and I went to. Oh yeah. 2014, October 17th. It was almost (laughs) a decade ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great show. T-shirt does not fit me at all. Didn't fit me when I bought it, but it was the biggest they had, (laughs) but I'm fatter now. So I put the t-shirt on and I'm like walking around the house and like, well, this is uncomfortable, but it's, you know, it's the Pearl Jam t-shirt. I'm not getting rid of that one. Uh, and then as I'm wearing this, I realize that uh, this summer at Wrigley, Springsteen's playing. Mm. So I'm going to see him on Sunday. You're going to see Springsteen on Sunday? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no shit, I'm really? Sorry. I'm going to see Rick Springfield. Oh, <laughs> As, okay, you're gonna, slightly different. <laughs> you could. You're gonna have to compare notes with my wife. That's what was what I bought her for Shut Christmas. Shut your butt. No, She's going you on did, Sunday. Didn't you? Her, her first concert was Corey Hart and Rick Springfield. Dusty Corey Hart, Rick Springfield. You know these mm-hmm. two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in nineteen eight, so forty years ago. Yeah. He's, <laughs> Whoa. He's like, way to date your wife. Yeah. <laughs> he's like seventy. Seventy-one. Yeah, it's <laughs> and by the way, does anybody else? Uh, he has one of the biggest Star Wars collections in the box stuff. Oh no. wow! Of anybody on the planet, nice. Rick Springfield. Yes, well, he's wow. got the money. Well, Jesse's girl doesn't get you, you know, everything. <laughs> you got to get some Star Sorry, Wars. Sorry, I too. totally interrupted. You. No, Great. no, no. That's it, Rick Springfield. That's We're it. on it. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are going to see uh, Bruce at Wrigley. This summer. You want to go see Bruce at Wrigley? Yeah. yeah. I, I sat by at the United Center in like 98 
with Dan O'Brien, oh, my friend Dan yeah. O'Brien, sat behind the stage. And, you know, it's concert. It's almost like you're going to church because that man walked around. Oh, yeah. And really? just preached it. And it was it was wonderful. I wow. missed uh, Pearl Jam at Wrigley with you. Yeah. But we'll do Bruce at Wrigley. Twice you've missed that now. So I'll make that happen I got someday. to see Pearl Jam at uh, Alpine Valley years ago. Yeah, oh. nice. Yeah. Eric tells me about shows that we've gone to. I don't remember. I went to the, we went, <laughs> the, the <laughs> 20th like, anniversary. Did I have fun? Was, Did I have fun? <laughs> was it amazing? <laughs> they spent their 20th anniversary there in 2011. They did three days at Alpine. How about you, Dusty Scott? Anything you want to share that you've uh, seen or heard or read uh, or, so, or that, you, that you're excited about that you think other people should be? Yeah, the, uh, Rick Rubin's uh, book, uh, The Creative yeah. Act, oh, which wow. is uh, very cool. Um, I'm a huge, I'm a very slow reader. Very slow. Um, Me too. But uh, so I'm an audiobook guy and, and I'm kind of picky on my audiobooks about who's reading them the voice it's yes. very yeah. important Dusty. yes it is 100 <laughs> percent. that's why i was like kind of geeking out about what you were talking or like yeah. yeah what you're into i was like that is so true like and it uh but um yeah rick rubin's book the creative act and then i always uh if given the opportunity, um, a book. Oh, just that, hearing him, anything you can hear him speak or watch a video oh, with him. yeah, I mean. It's going to impact your day somehow. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then also, you know, it's set up in a way, like the audio book is, is uh, set up into a similar, um, I'm, I, I have a interest in uh, like Buddhist philosophy. And so um, it's kind of set up in this kind of like very kind of, um, you know, like there's a, 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 a like a, a ding after like he gets going through, you know, very, it's almost like after a passage of what he's reading, like it's, it's very kind of Zen like as he Mm. talks, well, hearing him talk anyway, can be, you know, that way. It's so surreal thinking of him, the beastie boys and all this stuff. And here's this guy that's just very like chill, but so like cool talk. I mean, you're just like, Oh man, it'd be great to hang out. But anyway, he, um, that one. And then I always, uh, if given the opportunity, um, there's a book, uh, called the art of happiness, um, that really had a huge impact on my life. And, it, it, uh, I think it's the art of happiness with his holiest, the Dalai Lama or something. And basically what it is, the book is about is, uh, it's, it's not a long read and it's not a long audio book, but it's, um, uh, basically, a. uh, American psychologist was hoping to befriend the kind of the Dalai Lama and, and basically take what a Buddhist and put it into a, um, like a help manual, so to speak of, of a how to, and he got way more than he bargained for. And, and the book just kind of talks about that. And, and the audio version is, uh, is kind of both read through the psychologist, but then also there's someone doing the voice of the Dalai Lama and the quotes of those kinds of things, and which I just really found and really resonated with me in terms of log- logical thought process through mm. through difficult things. And yeah, so I, I always try to not trying to persuade anybody, in, but just for a fascination those, of interest. Yeah, yeah. those two are great. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, that uh, the. The creative act is Rick Rubin's. The creative act. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, the oh, uh, the I believe it's um, the art of happiness. Yeah, um, the art of happiness. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. And uh, I, I think there's another tagline underneath it. So if you're searching for the book, you, there could be another book entitled that. But mm-hmm. this one has to do with the premise that I laid out. So nice. yeah, but uh, mine was. Um, Probably about uh, a year ago, I saw that this was going to be released, and I got excited about it. Speaking of Alpine Valley, Stevie Ray Vaughan's last show was at Alpine Valley oh. in 1990. Um, and I've always wanted to hear those last two nights. Um, a- after that show, he played, he just got off stage, he played with Clapton, he played with Robert Cray, some of the biggest names, Buddy Guy, 
on these two nights at Alpine Valley, then got in a helicopter um, and, and, and died as the helicopter crashed on the way out. So, um, and, and beautifully put together. But this company is so great, um, Roxvox, and I, 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 it might be Sweden. I'm not sure of the country necessarily. I read a little bit about it, but um, they fall under where they can go to live shows and they can like do a bootleg and put them out and distribute them, and they fall under some uh, where they can't. Really? You know, nobody can flag them for it. They're not necessarily. I, I think uh, uh, trying to make tons of money. So this is an NPR recording, and Roxvox picked oh, it up. Nice. And they have their own little distribution. They well, put out great packaging. some artists like permit. Uh, crowd recording. Yeah, absolutely. Like Humphreys McGee yep. and Moe and yeah. Fish and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So they they fall under these guidelines where they don't have to ask for permission awesome. and they yeah. put out these copies. Rad. So yeah. Dusty Scott, thanks for being here. Thank and you guys so much for having me. Yeah, really thanks really for fun. talking, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to go by that house. That's what I'm going to do when I yeah. leave. I'm very excited about it. Tell us, about, is, there's, a, there's a, your website, of course, but there's so many pl- great places to Yeah, where in. can we find you on social? So, uh, it, um, as far as, like, uh, Facebook, I mean, I let, I mean, I'm fine with people just friend requesting me just as in Dusty Scott, but then there's also Dusty Scott uh, paintings um, in so they can friend request me on there uh, or sometimes if people just directly friend request me I'll then like I always send out like uh, invites no matter mm. whether somebody's friend requesting me that or just sure. you know like for that uh, and then um, uh, and then uh, Insta- uh, Instagram is also uh, Dusty Scott uh, I think it's Dusty Scott underscore uh, paint whatever <laughs> we're gonna I, put all the links yeah in I, I should have I, I, well and I, I said this before is the funny thing is is as I've gotten more professional, now I have a logo and a QR code and all these kinds of things. But um, the wise thing would have been to done is to make all this uniform. But because it was so hard to get the following that I got, it's like, I'm not starting this all right. over. Right. And luckily, all this stuff's linked together. So, I mean, if somebody, you know, does either find me through Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever, then they can normally navigate to the other. Or they're all tied to my website as well. So if they go to my website, they can then click and go to those if it's, you know, through their cell phones or whatever, or Facebook or, or I mean, uh, or through the internet or whatever. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So I really appreciate anybody taking the time to check things out. And I really appreciate you guys. Uh, like I said before, it's just, it's, it's a grind to get yourself out there and, and it never stops because it's, it's, uh, luckily if you're lucky enough to get your work to do some work for you, but you're always thinking like, how can I, how can I get out there? What's another opportunity? And, and when I reached out to you guys, it was just such a nice thing for you you know, to consider it. And, and obviously I'm here, so I appreciate I, you taking me. You're very brave to be here. You're the second person. Yeah. I know you got stuff in Mexico and in other areas of the world, but thanks for making that our little, uh, West central Illinois, uh, this little blip on the map, oh, uh, yeah. a lot more colorful it. and a lot more beautiful when people, uh, people come here. Thanks, thanks, so, much, so, much. thanks so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you guys so much. I appreciate it. Dusty Scott. Take care. All right. You guys too. On behalf of your hosts, Eric Hansen, Ted Bevenauer, and Mandy Balser. Thank you for indulging us. Thanks to William Colvin at Laidback Manor Studios in Galesburg for mixing and mastering the show. If your band is ready to make an album, William is ready to make it sound amazing at Laidback Manor Studios in Galesburg. Join us next time as we go a little off track. And until then, don't take anything too seriously. (laughs) 